book. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I embarrassed myself during my high school small group. I was trying to tell them to go to Galatians 5. And I was like, go to Galatians 4. Which shows, by the way, that's four in Spanish, all right? So I'm working. I'm trying to catch up to the Parks boys who are uh, not Hispanic like me in ethnicity, but speak better Spanish than me. So it's embarrassing. I'm trying to learn, okay? It's, it's possible. Going to Galatians 5, Galatians 5, we're going to start in verse 13. Here we go. It says, for you were called to freedom. Everyone say freedom. freedom. Say it like you mean to say Freedom. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom. Everyone say freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Everyone say serve one another. Look at your neighbor and say, I'll serve you. Uh Uh-huh. But will you? But will you? Okay. (laughs) Through love serve one another. Verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in one phrase. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Verse 16, we talked about this verse last week. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Everyone say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Go ahead and bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Let's Continue to fix our eyes on Jesus. Lord Jesus, we love you. Love you. I thank you. Lord, that here in this room, just, just a second ago, we were able to sing these beautiful songs of worship to you because you are so, so, so worthy. We don't just come into this building out of habit or because we have to. Lord, we, we come here because we are convinced. We have the conviction by faith. That you are who you say you are. Father, that you really sent your son Jesus to give his life for us. Give his life and to be resurrected so we could receive your love, receive your forgiveness, and receive the gift of freedom that you died to give us. So I pray for my friends in this room. I pray for my brothers and my sisters. I pray that you would help us to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. To not be distracted by the people next to us. To not be distracted by all the other things going on in life that we'd be able to fix our eyes on you and the good news that you have set us free from sin and all the things that keep us in bondage. I pray that this would be a place, Lord, that we would serve one another and love one another. We wouldn't have our eyes on ourselves, but our eyes would be on you. So would you help us, Holy Spirit, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, amen. Are any of you guys history people in here? History people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved history growing up mostly because it wasn't math. Any people dislike math in here? My people. My, I understand you. I know the pain that you're in right now. You can make it through, okay? Who here is a math person? Yes, yes, yes. Good for you guys. You guys have something very special for y'all because I, I can't even understand that. But I was not a math person growing up, but I, I love history. So I, I want to use an example from history to help us to understand what we're going after today. On September 22nd, 1862, any of y'all ever born in 1862? No, that was a long time ago. September 22nd, 1862, someone by the name of President Abraham Lincoln. Have you guys heard of Abraham Lincoln before? Yeah? She's like, yeah, I have heard of that one. I don't even like history, but yeah. 1862, September 22nd, President Abraham Lincoln announced what we know as the Emancipation 
proclamation for the first time. And 100 days after this, this proclamation was initially said on September 22nd, Lincoln's proclamation was official that all persons held as slaves are henceforward shall be free. Sadly, from January 1st, when the proclamation was officially made by Abraham Lincoln that all slaves who were currently slaves and henceforth that they shall be free. From January 1st of 1863 all the way through June 19th of 1865, this proclamation meant absolutely nothing for hundreds of thousands of slaves. In other, in other states outside of the Union, if you know anything about the Civil Wars, between kind of two different sides. And so there are only certain states in the United States of America that were part of the Union. So any state that was not part of the Union, this Emancipation Proclamation that all slaves would be set free, sadly did not matter for them because they did not live in that state. This included the state of Texas. And on June 19th of 1963, Major General Gordon Granger stood holding a document from the Union Army's headquarters and announced to the 150 slaves that he owned. That's more people than that are in this room currently. He announced to the 150 slaves that he owned, all slaves are free. 250,000 slaves that day were freed. Two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. For two and a half years, there was, there was this amazing proclamation that said, hey, these people that are in slavery, they, these are our brothers and sisters. We need to set them free from slavery. But sadly, for people who are far away from, from these states, it took two and a half years until they were also set free. Two and a half years where they endured harsh treatment. Two and a half years where they continued to live as slaves and were treated unjustly. Two and a half years of continuing to live a life with no freedom. Something I want to propose to you this morning is that freedom is absolutely meaningless. It's absolutely meaningless and worthless if it's not something we experience for ourselves. Are you with me? That, that freedom, the, like, the, not just the idea of freedom, but like the experience of freedom, of being set free, of having liberty from, from burdens, it, it means absolutely nothing if we do not experience it as a truth that changes our lives, right? Like for the slaves that were in these other states, like maybe they could hear about the Emancipation Proclamation far off in another state, but for them it didn't change anything in their lives. They were not truly free. Another thing I want to propose to you is that, is that freedom is not just simply having like the power or like some rights. If freedom only means something for us as an individual, if it doesn't affect the people around us, it's not truly freedom. Selfishness. Okay, what, what we talked about this past week uh, as we were kind of digging into the idea of freedom is we see in the Oxford Dictionary, this is how they define the word freedom. Freedom is the power or rights to act, speak, or think as one wants. Everyone say as one wants. As one wants without hindrance or restraint. This is what is taught, right, to us. This is what's taught that as long as you get what you want, you can be who you want, think what you want, have what you want, that is freedom in the world's definition. But we saw in Scripture that, that in the Greek, this word means liberty from a yoke, 
or a burden. Everyone say a burden. Right? We saw this up here last week with Cap. Where's my boy Cap? Is Cap in here today? Oh, he's doing skin kids. Cap's amazing. But we had Cap in here, the, the big yoked man he was. He had two medicine balls to hold up. And we saw that he was not able to hold these, these, these medicine balls up that represented good works and the law and religion and sin. And often what we try to do is we try to manage those ourselves. And we think that's what freedom is, is just trying really hard to not fall into those things and what scripture proposes to us and what is truth in Jesus is that he wants to give you liberty from burden. He wants to set you free from the things that are putting you in bondage. The other definition we see is that it's the liberty to do the will of God. And what I want us to see this morning for the next few minutes is that Christ's freedom can only be experienced when it's rooted in humility and love. Everyone say humility and love. Everyone say humility and love. That freedom in Christ, which is different than the world's freedom. That is different than what the world proposes as freedom, which says that freedom is all about you get what you want at the expense of other people, but it doesn't matter because you got what you want. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Freedom is only true freedom that delivers you from bondage and from heavy burdens when it's rooted in love and humility. One more time, everyone say love and humility. So let's look at Galatians 5, verses 13 through 15 one more time, and let's lean into this theme. Here we go. This is what it says. Galatians 5, 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Everyone say the flesh. Do not use it as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. You see, what the world defines freedom as is that you get to use your freedom to serve yourself. Everyone say me. Everyone, everyone, say with some attitude, say me. That's what the world proposes is that freedom is all about using your rights, using your ability to, to choose things, to speak, to think, using that to serve yourself. And what Jesus does is in the gospel, he turns it we see that in Scripture's definition, freedom is found in loving our neighbor as ourselves. It's found in loving our neighbor as ourselves. And this is what Paul is saying is, hey, don't use like the gift of freedom that Jesus gives you as an opportunity to get what you want. It's not what following Jesus is about. Instead, he proposes a better way. A better way. Something that's far better for every single person in all of humanity, including you. He says, hey, because of your freedom, through love, serve one another. That's what freedom is all about. I think the way that we see this is in the fact that when we walk in the freedom of Christ, it gets our eyes off of ourselves. It gets our eyes off of ourselves. Like how many of you guys have ever been self-conscious before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Elias. Thank you for your honesty. Oh, yeah, for sure, all the time, right? Like, all of us, right? Like, like we can all, like, we, we constantly are thinking about ourselves, right? What do other people think about me? Do they like me? Do they think I'm dumb? Like, do I, like, is there something in my teeth? Like, like did I do that well enough? Like, like, constantly what's going through our mind is either thinking about what other people think about us or we constantly think about, like, how great other people probably think we are, right? I won't make you guys raise your hands for that one. But maybe, maybe like, you really, like, feel yourself, like, like you're in a good outfit one day and you're like, I know that everyone's looking at me and being like, man, I want to be like him. 
right? You guys ever thought that, like, like you like, have an amazing, like, game, an amazing performance, and you're walking away like, I'm him, right? Like, like I, I did that, right? Like, we constantly can have our eyes on ourselves. And when we have our eyes on ourselves, we are in slavery and bondage to sin all over again. When our, when our eyes are fixated on ourselves, our lives, what we want and what we get and what we deserve, what other people think about me, 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 when we do that, we live as slaves. And the way that Jesus invites us into a better way is, hey, because you are set free from sin, because you don't need to prove yourself, because you don't need to earn love, because you are already loved by God, your Father, demonstrated by Jesus giving his life for you, because that's true, you don't need to earn that. You don't need to, to constantly live your life for the approval of others. This is something that, that the Holy Spirit has to challenge me on all the time. Like, like me, like I, I, I often struggle with like needing approval from other people. Like, like I'll be honest with you guys, it's more like, like so often, like I'm constantly thinking about like, like making other people happy. Like, if, I, if I'm serving them, if I'm doing all these things, like, like what, what are they thinking about me? Do they think I'm a good enough pastor, like, for my wife? Like, does she think I'm a good enough husband? Am I a good enough friend? A good enough, like, and I constantly am thinking about this. And let me tell you what that leads me into. It leads me into selfishness. Leads me into selfishness because instead of, of looking up towards Jesus and then him leading me to love my brothers and sisters in Christ, to, to give my life away, to lay it down, Constantly thinking about myself. And friends, let me tell you, Jesus has a better way for us tonight, over this morning. He's a better way for us this morning. He invites you into loving one another by serving one another. It's a way to get our eyes off of ourselves. Let's continue to look into this. We see C.S. Lewis. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Maybe, maybe some of you, you think like what humility looks like, what it means to get your eyes off yourself and to serve others is all about, like, you think that means to think less of yourself. Friends, hear me. No, no, no. It's not what the Lord invites you into. Like, you are so loved and so valuable and like so precious in God the Father's eyes. And what humility does is what we see is, wow, the Lord loves me and I don't deserve that at all. Right? We don't deserve the love of Jesus at all. But still he loves us, still he's chosen to adopt us into his family because of his goodness. I don't think less of myself. I think of myself less because I understand that means every single person in this room is someone who Christ has died for, who he loves, who he has chosen. So I don't think less of myself. I don't, I don't think that I'm like a horrible human being and that's what humility is. Like just to think that you are the worst. That's not humility. What humility is is saying, I want to think of others because that's what Jesus has done for me. Amen? You with me? Let's go ahead and keep looking at this text. Let's fast forward a little bit to verses 22 through 25. We talked about these verses a little bit last week. These are this is a familiar passage for many of us. When Paul writes, but the fruit of the Spirit. Everyone say, fruit of the Spirit. Think about your favorite fruit growing on a tree. That's what I want you to imagine. Fruit of the Spirit. I'm thinking about mangoes. Anyone love mangoes in here? Hallelujah. Like real mangoes, dried mangoes, any mango, so good. But the fruit of the Spirit, I'm going to say fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I see, I see all you guys memorized that. Good job. Against such things there is no 
law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Ultimately, what we see is that in this world, freedom is ultimately defined by power. Everyone say power. Nice. How many of you guys, like, you like feeling powerful? You can be honest. You can be honest. LG was fast. She was like, yep. Right? Like, it's, it's a really good feeling to feel powerful, right? Or maybe, like, another way to, to say it, it's like, it feels really good to be in control. Any of you guys like being in, in control? Right? Like, when you feel like you are the one who gets to make the decision, like, I get to choose what I eat for dinner. That is freedom, Right? Like, like some of you guys, maybe it's like at, at this age, like what excites you is like, like when you get into high school and you can get this thing called a driver's license, right? You're like, for some of you eighth graders, that's like two years away. That's scary. I'm staying off the road. I'm going to take a, a bus or something. I don't know. Like, like well, that would still be on the road. Doesn't make sense. I'll walk everywhere, run everywhere. Like, like, you, like maybe like you look towards that like blessed day of getting a driver's license and you're like, that is what represents freedom because you have the power to do what you want. You guys ever thought about that before? You can be honest. You can be honest, right? Like, like we, we love defining like freedom basically as the same thing as power. This is what the world says. If you have enough power, then you can get what you want. You can be who you want. You can satisfy yourself however you want. You can have all these things that will make you happy if you have power. Everyone say power. But this is what scripture's definition is. That we experience freedom when we walk by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit is freedom. And, and if you look at this text, what do we see, like, listed as the fruit of the Spirit? Go ahead and put it back up. Oh, it's already up there. Good job, Jackson. I see you. Like, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. Look at what is listed here. Love. Joy. Peace. Let these words sink in a little bit. How, how different they are from culture. How different they are from, from power and getting our own freedom. Shh, listen, listen. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You see, what we see in this text, that these are called the fruit of the Spirit, right? This is a really dumb example. I might have said this last week, I can't remember. So if so, just act like it's, it's funny and it's like you're tracking, okay? Like, why, I love that it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Because, because like, how does fruit grow? No, that, that's not the joke, Elias. No, no, no. I'm asking you an actual question. How, all right, shh, shh, listen, listen. This is an easy question, I hope. How does fruit grow? Say it louder, on a tree, right? Fruit grows on a tree, right? Now let me ask you this question. Shh, listen, listen. Let me ask you this question. Like, have you ever walked by, like, a tree that's growing fruit? Some of you guys are like, no, I live in, like, suburbia. I've never seen, like, fruit growing on a tree. It's okay. But like imagine like if you're walking by like a tree that bears fruit. Have you ever seen like an apple trying really really hard like to get gains? No, right? Like have you ever seen like a fruit trying really really hard to grow by its own strength and effort? Like like have you ever heard like a fruit growing on a tree like like letting out like a crazy like gym bro like grunt like bah! like no. Like how does a fruit grow? It's connected to 
the tree, right? It's connected to the vine. And friends, in the same way, hear me, look at me, look at me, look at me. What I want you guys to get this morning is this, that God's invitation to you this morning is not for you to try really, really hard to love more. It's for you to try really, really hard just to be like more joyful. Like just try to be really happy and optimistic. Like God is not telling you like you just need to be like more patient. Like how many of you guys know like if you've tried like really hard to be patient like with a sibling before, like, like that goes out like that, right? Like your best effort gets you to last like two minutes and then like all of a sudden like, like you're, you're like irritated again, right? Like, like whenever we try just to do these things by our own effort, we fall short. But here's the good news, friends. Is that Jesus' invitation is not for you just to try to avoid these, these sinful things and just to try really, 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 really hard to be a good Christian. His invitation to you is to walk with him. This is why it says, walk by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. What is produced in us when we walk with Jesus? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These things are a byproduct of us walking with Jesus. Are you with me? Vitor, you can go and come on up. So I want us to do. I want us just to take a little bit of time to pray and to get practical about like, what, is, what does this mean? What does this look like? I think ultimately the best example we see of someone who has lived in perfect freedom is Jesus. Right? It's Jesus. Jesus is the only person ever to live completely free. Jesus was not in bondage. He was not under the burden of sin. Right? He was perfect. He was without sin. Jesus is the only person to ever walk the face of the earth who did not have his eyes fixated on himself, trying to prove to other people how great he was, trying to, trying to solve his insecurities by, by helping people or, or doing all the religious stuff. Jesus is the only person ever walked in perfect freedom. Everyone say freedom. And what we see here and we open up Galatians 5 and we see this list of the fruit of the Spirit. You know what I see? It's a personification. It's an example of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus is love, right? Like we can't, we can't understand what love is like. Like the way that we as people, as humans love others, like it's corrupted, Right? Like, like we love other people sometimes to get things for ourselves or because we're lonely. So we want people to like us. And Jesus' love is perfect. He is love. Jesus is joy. Right? Like Jesus is joy. Only true joy that lasts longer than it's like a moment is found in him. You go through every single one. He's love, joy, peace, patience. Think about how patient Jesus is with us. Right? Like, like we sin all the time. I don't know about you. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're, you're awesome. I don't know. I sin all the time. Like I am selfish and I'm prideful and I fall like short. And I, I, I say things like I, I don't actually mean like I fall short. But Jesus continues to walk with 
like, look at me, guys, look at me, look at me. Like, I know, like, maybe some of us know this in our mind, but think about how patient our Savior is with us. Like, he knows every single time that you're going to fall short, every time you're going to be selfish, every time you're going to run to other things to try to, to fill a satisfaction, to, to, to fill a longing. Jesus still loves you. He loves you. He's, he's patient with you. He says, hey, hey. I know you fell short, but I'm here with you. Hey, I know you got distracted. Hey, I know you were, you were fixated on, on trying to fit in with this group or, or going to other things, other people. I'm still here with you. This is who our Savior is. And friends, what we see is that Jesus, he sets before us a better way. A freedom that isn't like the world's freedom. A freedom that is on the basis of you just getting what you want. Because guess what? That doesn't set you free. Like, I've tried that way before. I've tried that way before. And, like, what will happen is you get to the end of yourself where you realize nothing will set me free and nothing will satisfy me besides Jesus Christ alone. And praise God that's the truth. When we are satisfied in him, when we see that he's enough, that's when we are free. Because we don't try to, to do all, all the right things and try to perform to earn love. We don't go to sinful things that destroy us and destroy the world around us. We go to Jesus and we receive his good gift of freedom day after day after day.